Welcome to this podcast, where you can hear some of the classic teachings of Father Rick Thomas, a Jesuit priest who died in 2006 and who spent his life preaching the gospel and serving the poor. Listen in to his wisdom, insights, and humor. Let's note down the passages we're going to look at. The first letter of Peter, chapter 2, verse 1. Matthew 7, 12. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2469, number 2488, on to 2492, number 2477. Now repeating that, it's 1 Peter 2.1, Matthew 712, the Catechism 2.469, 2.488, on to 2.492, and 2.477. Let's start with 1 Peter 2.1. Rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Now I'm going to give you other translations of the same verse. Strip away everything vicious, evil, spiteful. That translates the first part. Rid yourselves of all malice. For the word deceit, strip yourselves of all deceit, different translations are everything deceitful, all lying, all insincerity, all guile, all pretenses, all hypocrisy. Okay, so now we've given you a variation on the word malice, rid yourselves of all malice, and the variations were everything vicious, evil, spiteful. The variations on the word strip away all deceit, are deceitful, lying, insincerity, guile, pretenses, hypocrisy. And then it goes on, and all slander. Now this slander is translated in different ways. Disparaging remarks. Disparaging means to be put down insulting language, critical of each other language. Okay, so in this one one verse, we're told to strip away everything evil, everything deceitful, lying, pretentious hypocrisy, insincerity, and all remarks that are critical, disparaging, insulting, slanderous. If you have your catechism, look at number 2469. If you don't have a catechism, we'll try to read it for you carefully and make do. At number 2469, and I quote it, 
Men could not live with one another if there were not mutual confidence that they were being truthful to one another. The virtue of truth gives another his just view. Truthfulness keeps to the just mean between what ought to be expressed and what ought to be kept secret. It entails honesty and discretion. Injustice, as a matter of honor, one man owes it to another to manifest the truth. Now all of this is taken from St. Thomas Aquinas. I'm going to pick out one sentence and reread it because this is the hinge part of it. Truthfulness keeps to the just mean, in other words, to the middle of the road. Truthfulness keeps to the middle of the road between what ought to be expressed and what ought to be kept secret. It entails honesty and discretion. Discretion meaning good judgment. If you uh, drive into Juarez on the Stanton Street Bridge and come to the Mexican Customs Office, they have it fixed up now so the, the roadway is very narrow. And on one side the custom officers stand, on the left side is the customers, customs officer, on the right side is a big concrete pillar. And if you're careless about driving, you can, the way is quite narrow, you can hit the pillar on the right or hit the custom officer on the left. It's, recom it's recommended that you go carefully down the middle. And uh, you can see where a lot of people have hit the pillar already with their outside mirrors. Okay, now what Thomas Aquinas is saying in number 2469, truthfulness keeps to the middle of the road between what ought to be said and what ought not to be said. So there is honesty on one side and discretion or good judgment on the other. Now, let us picture ourselves in a motorboat and we're buzzing along in our outboard motorboat and we come to two big rocks that we must go through and the rock on the left is don't lie and the rock on the right is agape love and justice and so we have to steer between the two big rocks on the left don't lie on the right agape love and here we go in our motorboat and the motorboat is going along at a pretty good clip and we have to go right between the two and not hit either rock lying on the left failure of justice or love on the right so on one side we have to have a respect for the truth on the other side we have to have a respect for justice and agape love if we miss steer the boat then we're going to crash on one rock or the other is that clear 
Okay, now I'm going to give you several cases, and I want you to think about them. We're not going to give an answer right away. I want you to think about the several cases, and then we're going to go back and read what the Catechism says and see if there's anything in the Catechism. And I'll give you a hint, there is, that will help solve these cases. Are you ready for the first case? All right. Look at your catechism. 2488. This is not the first case. It's something I forgot to tell you. It's catechism 2488. The right to the communication of the truth is not unconditional. Everyone must conform his life to the gospel precept of fraternal love. This requires us in concrete situations to judge whether or not it is appropriate to reveal the truth to someone who asks for it. I'm going to repeat that and change the wording a little bit. We don't always have to tell the truth for various reasons. The right to the communication of the truth is not unconditional. Everyone must conform his life to the gospel precept of fraternal love. In other words, agape love, fraternal love, would keep us from telling the truth at times. This requires us in concrete situations to judge whether or not it is appropriate. Appropriate means okay. Whether it is okay to reveal the truth to someone who asks for it. And with that introduction, we go to the first case. We're not going to solve these cases. We're just going to throw them out on the table for you to think about. Someone goes to the place where tires are sold for automobiles, and he asks the salesman, Salesman, is this a good tire? Now, the salesman is working on a commission, and he needs to sell tires to buy groceries for his little ones at home. The second case is this. Two men are in the restaurant and one says to the other, my wife is cheating on me. She goes out with her work supervisor. Has your wife ever cheated on you? Third case. The army base trains paratroopers and someone asks, an officer, Colonel, are the paratroopers moving out of the army base tomorrow night to invade Haiti? Next case. After the Sunday Mass, the ushers count all the money and get ready to make a bank deposit. A parishioner comes up to one of the ushers and says, I hear the pastor always takes the $20 bills out of the collection each Sunday and puts them in his pocket before you count it and make a bank deposit. Is that true? Let me know so I can pray for him. <laughs> Next case. At the cocktail party, Mrs. Jones goes up to a doctor Doctor, does my husband have AIDS? 
Now, we go back and look at what the catechism might have to say about these cases. Now, they're not going to deal with these cases, but they're going to deal with principles or ideal ideas that will help us give a good answer and steer between the two rocks of telling the truth on the one side and justice or agape love on the other so our boat does not crash in the process. Now let's look at, if you have a catechism, number 2489. Charity and respect for the truth should dictate the response to every request for information or communication. The good and safety of others, respect for privacy, and the common good are sufficient reasons for being silent about what ought not to be known or for making use of discreet language. The duty to avoid scandal often commands strict discretion. No one is bound to reveal the truth to someone who does not have the right to know it. I'm going to read that again. Charity and respect for the truth should dictate the response to every request for information or communication. In other words, don't hit either rock. The good and safety of others, respect for privacy, and the common good are sufficient reasons for being silent about what ought not be known or for making use, use of a discreet language. The duty to avoid scandal often commands strict discretion. No one is bound to reveal the truth to someone who does not have the right to know it. The next uh, number is 2490. I'm just going to read it quickly because it doesn't apply. It applies to me, but not to you. The secret of the sacrament of reconciliation is sacred and cannot be violated under any pretext. The sacramental seal is inviolable, therefore it is a crime for a confessor in any way to betray a penitent by word or in any other manner for any reason. So the seal is absolute. Anybody violating the seal would be a sin that reserved only the Pope could forgive such a sin. The person would be immediately unable to function as a priest would be automatic suspension. All right, now we get down to 2491. Professional secrets. Professional secrets, for example, those of political office holders, soldiers, physicians, and lawyers are confidential information given under the seal of secrecy must be kept, save in exceptional cases where keeping the secret is bound to cause very grave harm to the one who confided it, to the one who received it, or to a third party, and where the very grave harm can be avoided only by divulging the truth. Even if not confided under the seal of secrecy, private information prejudicial to another is not to be divulged without a grave and proportionate reason. Again, 
professional secrets, for example, those of political office holders, soldiers, physicians, and lawyers, or confidential information given under the seal of secrecy must be kept, save in exceptional cases where keeping the secret is bound to cause very grave harm to the one who confided it, to the one who received it, or to a third party, and where the very grave harm can be avoided only by divulging the truth. Even if not confided under the seal of secrecy, private information prejudicial to another is not to be divulged without a grave and proportionate reason. And the last one, 2492, everyone should observe an appropriate reserve concerning persons' private lives. Those in charge of communications should maintain a fair balance between the requirements of the common good and respect for individual rights. Interference by the media in the private lives of persons engaged in political or public activity is to be condemned to the extent that it infringes upon their privacy and freedom. Finally, we'll read 2477. Respect for the reputation of persons forbids every attitude and word likely to cause them unjust injury. He becomes guilty of rash judgment who even tacitly assumes as true without sufficient foundation the moral fault of a neighbor. He becomes guilty of detraction who without objectively valid reason discloses another's faults and failings to persons who did not know them. He becomes guilty of calumny who by remarks contrary to the truth harms the reputation of others and gives occasion for false judgments concerning them. I'm going to repeat that. Respect for the reputation of persons forbids every attitude and word likely to cause them unjust injury. Everybody has a right to a good reputation and honor. One becomes guilty of rash judgment who even tacitly, that is silently, assumes as true without sufficient foundation the moral fault of another. He becomes guilty of detraction who without objectively valid reason discloses another's faults and failings to persons who did not know them. He becomes guilty of calumny who, by remarks contrary to the truth, harms the reputation of others and gives occasion for false judgments concerning them. So we go to the first case. Someone goes to the tire store and he's looking at tires to put on his car and he asked the salesman, salesman, is this a good tire? Now, I've given a multiple choice answer. You don't have to accept any of those, but anyway. The truth is that this tire is good as long as you stay under 60 miles per hour. Salesman, is this a good tire? The salesman answers, yes, no, it's guaranteed, Maybe. What is your comment on the salesman's answer, or would you give another answer? 
Well, I, I would give another answer. The salesman is not telling the whole truth, and the person that's buying the tire has a right to the whole truth. So what should the salesman tell him? He should tell him that this tire is only good up to 60 miles an hour. Does anybody disagree with that? If the salesman uh, doesn't tell him the truth, is the salesman uh, guilty of what, if he is guilty at all? Lying by omission. Okay, what else would he be guilty of? Guilty of murder. The family went over 60 and crashed and the kids got killed. Okay, so he could be guilty of uh, killing people if he didn't tell him that the tire was defective. Now, if he were a good salesman, he could say, this is a very good tire if you're going to keep your car on the campus of the University of Texas or on the campus of Bowie High School. As long as your car is on the campus, this will be a good tire because you won't be able to reach a speed of 60 miles an hour. Or it'd be a good tire if you keep it in the warehouse, in your vehicle in the warehouse. This will be a good tire for you, but it won't be a good tire for the freeway. And that would be, I think, legitimate for the salesman to say that. He might make a sale that way saying yeah well I'm going to use this tire in the warehouse only in the warehouse okay well it'll be a safe tire in the warehouse because you won't get up to those speeds second case two men are in the restaurant and one confides to the other my wife is cheating on me she goes out with her work supervisor has your wife ever cheated on you I've given four or so possible answers. One is, yes, she has. The truth is, she has cheated sometimes. So the man asked the question, has your wife ever cheated on you? The truth is, she has cheated sometimes. The first answer is yes. The second answer, it's none of your business. The third answer is no. The next answer, I know this must hurt you a lot. I like the last answer because even though it is none of his business, he's confiding and he needs to be ministered to. And uh, I think it's better to say, I know this must hurt you a lot and work on his problem instead of yours. I don't think he should be telling that guy at all that his wife is cheating me. That guy's got no business to know what his wife is doing. He's not a confessor and he's whether it's true or not, he's damaging his wife's reputation to a person who has no right to that kind of knowledge. In saying that, you agree with the Catechism 2489, no one is bound to reveal the truth to someone who does not have the right to know it. Can I ask a question? Yes. Uh, I know he's not bound to reveal the truth. Would, it be, would he be injuring his wife if he did reveal the truth? Suppose this is a person he felt would keep this in confidence and uh, may be able to, you know, help this person by revealing the struggle he went through. Would, would, would that ever be morally acceptable or would that be always off limits? I don't want to say it would never be morally acceptable. I would have to know all the circumstances. But it's clear that uh, this individual does not have any right to the information. Has your wife ever cheated on you? He has no right to know that at all for any reason. 
He just has no right to know it. And it would, I would say uh, if uh, the man who is being asked is a public figure and he's he and his love affairs have been written up in the National Enquirer and so forth and everybody knows that his wife has been cheating on him that puts it in a different uh, light so I don't want to say absolutely it never would but that would be very very rare I would think could he say has your wife ever cheated on you could he say no the question you are to ask answer this question as the man you are being asked hey man has your wife ever cheated on you and my question to you is could he say no I, I, I mean I don't know that I would say no I think there's better answers than saying no okay if, if uh, there may be a case where if he answered in another way as opposed to saying no outright the person would take kind of implicitly that you didn't answer the question therefore your wife must have cheated on you if he felt that was the case then he may be justified in saying no in the sense of no I'm not going to answer that question or no you have no right to that information but you just say no well, I'm going to give you my opinion <laughs> has your wife ever cheated on you the individual has absolutely no right to ask this question this is a transaction in the restaurant and this man has no right to the information at all. The wife has a right to her good reputation. She has a very serious right to her good reputation. And the man asking the question has no right to the information. So I would say the husband needs to protect his wife and her reputation by whatever means will protect her reputation because there's no right on the part of the other person to know this truth and and the other man has a right to defend the honor of his wife and so whatever means he takes I would think would be justified I don't think he should say none of your business because that is indicating that she did I'd say that the two choices for him to say is no, she has it, or I know this must hurt for you, why don't it hurt you a lot, why don't we pray or go see the counselor down the road and, and all that and get the guy off the subject. Now, to tell a lie is to withhold information that someone has a right to. That's when you're lying. I'm going back to 2488. The right to the communication of the truth is not unconditional, it's conditional right. Everyone must conform his life to the gospel precept of fraternal love. This requires us in concrete situations to judge whether or not it's appropriate to reveal the truth to someone who asks for it. We have to, is it appropriate to reveal the truth? If it's not, you don't reveal it. Have the two rocks, your obligation to tell the truth to those people who have a right to know it and your obligation to hide the truth from those people who have no right to know it. You have two obligations, one to reveal the truth and one to hide the truth. Get back to the case of, is your, does, has your wife ever cheated on you? The guy has no reason to, to uh, 
has no right to know that at all. So anything the husband says to protect his wife would be all right if it's not just totally baloney. Say, oh, on the contrary, my wife took a vow of chastity and she's just waiting for a chance to enter the Carmelite. Well, now that's going too far. It's simple. It's enough to say no or uh, she can get him off the point and distract him and get him going the other way. Okay, now we're going to the next example. The uh, army base is located in town and somebody is speaking with an army officer. Colonel, are the paratroopers moving out of the army base tomorrow night to invade Haiti or Panama or wherever? The truth is they are. What answer should the colonel give? And I've suggested several. The colonel says yes. The colonel says no. The colonel says no. In four days, they leave. The colonel says, who told you? <laughs> the colonel says, this beer stinks. Can you smell it? So if you're the colonel, what answer would you give when the truth is they are moving out tomorrow night to invade Haiti? Uh, I guess if them knowing would endanger the mission in any way, no would be an acceptable answer. If the colonel is sworn under some military secrecy, which is part of the plan, then um, the the, the lower uh, military officer doesn't have a right to know because that's information that is withheld only with the plan. Okay, so in this case, I thought the person asking the question was a civilian, but even if they're military, I don't think it would make any difference. This comes under professional secret, 2491. Those that have political office, soldiers, physicians, and lawyers. And of course, knowing anything about the movement of uh, troops is very, very dangerous. And so the, the colonel could say, uh, no. Are the paratroops moving out of the army base tomorrow night? No, when in fact they are. Or he could say, no, they're moving out in four days. In four days they will have been gone. They already will have moved. Or if he can get the guy distracted, he can tell him, my Beer stinks, how is yours? <laughs> the next case, the parishioner says to the mass usher, I hear the pastor always takes the $20 bills out of the collection each Sunday and puts them in his pocket before you count it to make a bank deposit. Is that true? Let me know so I can pray for him. The truth is, the pastor did it twice. What is the mass usher to answer? I've given several suggestions. Is this true? And the mass usher says, yes, no. Who's been gossiping to you? Shut your big mouth. I don't know. I think the usher should say, I don't know. And if he knows it's true, then he can go to the priest and say, I'll talk about it. The man doesn't know the... Why the priest takes up the money? And uh, if it is bothering the the usher, I agree with you that he should go and say, Father Thomas, uh, 
I know for a fact that uh, you've taken some money out before I counted, and that's between you, but I want you to know that other people are talking about it and becoming rumored or, or something. What should we do about it? Well, that's a very good answer. Should the usher say to this person, is it true? Let me know so I can pray for him. I think we gave you the second part and the answer should be no. Of, the, of these three answers, yes, no, I don't know, which ones are acceptable? No and I don't know? Okay, no and I don't know. Uh, of course, this comes under scandal now. In uh, the Catechism 2478, they quote St. Ignatius Loyola. What it says is, to avoid rash judgment, everyone should be careful to interpret insofar as possible his neighbor's thoughts, words, and deeds in a favorable way. To avoid rash judgment, everyone should be careful to interpret insofar as possible his neighbor's thoughts, words, and deeds in a favorable way. And, of course, a favorable way of interpreting this would be the pastor had an emergency and he needed to buy uh, gas to go to the next mission or there was a man that needed immediate help to uh, pay for his baby's medicine or something and so he took the $20 bills to do that. It would, there are many good interpretations that could be put on this action and that's clear. We should always put a good interpretation as far as possible on the thoughts, words, and deeds of another person. But to stop the rumor, which people are taking in a bad way, we're going to pray for him because he's stealing. And, and the motive of praying is greater than his uh, right to reputation, which of course is false. You know, you say, well, I'm going to tell you this sin so you can pray for him. That's just an excuse for malicious gossip. There could be any number of reasons for him to take the $20 bills off. And uh, the question should be directed to him. But the scandal should be stopped right there. The usher should stop the scandal right there. And if, if there is theft, then it needs to be dealt with. But it's not dealt with by answering this uh, curious question of, one parishioner coming back. That's not the way to deal with this issue at all. There may be, the pastor may be at fault, or he may not be at fault at all. It might be a great virtue that he's practicing. But it's not to be handled by answering this uh, gossip monger that's come back and asked the question. And another case, at the cocktail party, Mrs. Jones goes up to the doctor who is seeing her husband and says, Doctor, does my husband have AIDS? The truth is, the husband does have AIDS. What answer should the doctor give? Yes, no, you and your husband come to my office together 
He has sinus problems. <laughs> I would say yes, or you and your husband come to my office together. I think probably that second one is better. Namely? Namely, you and your husband come to my office together. Yeah, I, I would like that one too. Uh, I think the doctor has a professional obligation to keep confidential what the husband has said or what he's found out. But the wife also has the right to know this information because it's going to affect her health. So uh, you know, I, I think the best answer would be get them both together. and She should really be asking her husband. I think uh, what you had said on the teaching, yes, would probably be the best answer because you said the truth has to be known if it hurts the person confiding or the person being confided about or injury to someone else. Okay, this is a, a treated in the catechism in 2491 as a professional secret. Uh, people by their professions need to keep secrets. And the ones that they list in 2491 are political office holders, soldiers, physicians, and lawyers, or confidential information given under the seal of secrecy. So you have two uh, conflicting rights here. The wife has a right to know whether her husband has AIDS. She doesn't have any right to know whether some other husband has AIDS, but she has a right to know whether her husband has AIDS. The doctor has an obligation to keep what he's found out as a doctor secret. So I think the only the only proper answer that the doctor can give is not yes because he has to keep that confidential what his what the husband revealed to him or he found out as a doctor he needs to keep that confidential but he also needs to uh, protect the wife so he needs to give the third answer you and your husband come to my office together and then when they come to the office, uh, he needs to uh, say, Husband, tell your wife what the tests show and make him tell her, which he has an obligation <coughs> to say, make him tell her what she has a right to know. Because he has two obligations. He has to protect the wife and he's got to protect the secret. He has to do both. He's got to protect the secret of the husband and he's got to protect the wife because she has a right to know this. So he says, you and your husband come to my office together. Takes priority. Let's say the husband had already told the doctor, and I don't want you telling my wife. It's not which one has uh, priority. Both of them are urgent and he can do both of them. It's within his power to do both of them, and he needs to do both. It's not who ha who should I protect more. He has to protect the secret, and he has to protect the wife, and he can do both. He would say, you two come together to my office, and if they don't come, then he needs to send a telegram to both of them. I want both of you to come to my office. It's very important. He needs to protect the man's secret, but he also needs to, to get it communicated with the wife and have the husband do it.
or get permission from the husband for him to do it. Say, husband, now can I tell your wife what the test showed? And the husband say, yes or no. And if he said no, then you tell her what the test showed. But he has an obligation to protect the wife. It's not which one has a priority. He needs to do them both and do them, do them well. We're now in Matthew 7, 12. It's something that you're all familiar with. It is the golden rule. Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. Now this applies in all these cases of telling the truth and hiding the truth. To tell the truth or hide the truth. Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. And that is your final solution. End of the tape. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Father Thomas, go to fatherrickthomas.com. God bless you and have a beautiful day.